welcome to this King's Church talk. We hope that you really enjoy it. If you have any questions, please email us on admin at kingscc.org or you can go to the website www.kingscc.org. Thank you. Normally when I start a preach, uh, I'm pre- I often preach in Africa, and normally I start by saying, greetings from England. Well, what do I do now? Well, actually, um, can you hear me all right? Yeah. Actually, uh, when we were in uh, Zambia uh, in August, uh, they asked Lucy and I to bring greetings. So the church in Kitwe, called Dayspring, uh, they send you their greetings, and they want you to know that they are praying for you, as well as a little church in Lukoshi. Has anyone heard of Lukoshi? Well, you have, but... <laughs> So there's a little church in Lukoshi, which has got a hole in the roof, and we say about 100 people, yeah? Uh, lovely people, and they're also praying for you, and thank you for their support, which you don't even know you're giving. So it's just, I feel really blessed to know that there's people far away praying for me. Anyway, today we're going to talk about um, Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 45, and I've asked Lucy to read it for me. A man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, instead he no longer entered, sorry, (laughs) instead he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Thank you, Lucy. Now, if you're like me, uh, I can read through this passage very quickly and just kind of move on, because when you read, read the Gospels, I mean, Jesus is healing people left, right, and center. You know, it's like, well, he healed this one. I mean, just before this passage, he healed uh, Peter's mother-in-law. And then it says he delivered people from demons and he healed many others. So it's very easy to just kind of read over it. And yet, if we take the time to look at this passage, it really has a lot to say. So the very first verse, um, which is, a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. Now, fortunately, today, leprosy is almost completely eradicated. There's less than about 200,000 people worldwide with the disease. But back in those days, firstly, millions had the disease, especially because they didn't really know, well, this is leprosy, and this is this condition, and this is that skin condition. It was a bit of a catch-all umbrella. And back in those days, the, the lepers were actually cast out of the villages, outside the towns. So this man would have been isolated. I mean, maybe, we don't know specifically, but maybe he was with other lepers around him. But he was not allowed to go shop in a market town. He wasn't allowed to 
um, go to the synagogue and listen to God's word or participate in any of the ceremonial or um, religious activities. This man was a complete outcast. And although today leprosy is largely eradicated, there are still outcasts today, aren't there? There are still people that don't come into town because they might feel rejected or that people that literally can't because of an illness. So, firstly, for this man to come to Jesus, something truly impressive must have happened because Jesus was in a town or in a village. So for him to break the law, for him to break those barriers and to come to Jesus and say, if you're willing, make me clean. This man must have heard of Jesus. And more than that, he must have decided, I have got to see this man. I've just got to. And when I was preparing for this preach, um, I read through a lot of different uh, translations. I even read it in French. And what they build to it is, what they describe, is there's an urgency about it. There's a desperation about it. This wasn't like, oh, there's Jesus. Yeah, okay, I'll I'll go see him. No, it was a desperation. He must have heard of him. And if he had heard that Jesus was coming through town, he, he, he probably settled then and there. There was a desperation about him. And we have to think sometimes, well, who, who are the lepers of today? Who are the people that are cast out? Who are the people that we don't want to associate with? And if you have leprosy, it's not just some invisible disease. I mean, this man must have been covered in sores and boils. He might have had uh, fingers missing. He might have had, he might have smelled bad. He was not, he was probably not a pretty sight to see. You probably, if you saw him, you probably would have, you know. And especially in those days, they didn't know how you got leprosy. They just knew, well, if you hang out with him, you could get it. So today we know that, specifically for leprosy, that you have to spend a lot of, you have to live with them, basically, over a long period of time to get leprosy. Back in the day, they didn't understand that. So for him to even just breathe on you, I mean, you could have recoiled, you could have said, no, get away, you know. In fact, um, lepers were often, when the, if you saw them passing by, they were often stoned. That's the level of rejection that this man experienced. And yet, he felt he could come to Jesus. Let that sinking for a moment. He felt that he could come to Jesus. He had heard of him, and he rushed to him. And next he says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Now then, Jesus was filled with compassion. In the older NIV, in the 1984 version, it says filled with compassion. But Lucy read, he was indignant. Now hold on, which one is it? it, Was he indignant or was he filled with compassion? Other translations even say uh, filled with pity. Well, which was it? Now a friend of mine described to me uh, how he once uh, heard of a man who was homeless, he was on the streets, and he didn't, and he heard that his trousers were wearing out and winter was approaching. And his church at the time was trying to figure out, well, how can we get some trousers to him? Does anyone have the right size? You know, does anyone have an old pair of trousers they can give him? And my friend said, I was indignant. How could this man not have a single pair of trousers for the winter, especially living on the streets? 
he was indignant. He was angry that anyone should have to face winter like that, that anyone should have to have people rummaging around their back, the back of their wardrobes just for uh, an old pair of trousers. So in his anger, in his, you know, I can't believe this is happening, he went and bought him a pair of trousers for 30 quid. Now, a family of four, you probably spend more on a takeaway. But that was how angry he was. And I think, filled with compassion and anger and indignancy, is that a word? Okay. Um, they are actually compatible. When we see something that we care about, when we see someone going through a really tough time, it's painful. It hurts us. That's what true compassion is about. It's not about a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's not about, well, I guess he's going through a bit of a rough patch. Maybe I should do something about it. Well, it's, it's a bit of a pain. No. When we see people that are truly desperate, it breaks our heart. And it raises all sorts of questions. How should I respond to this person? How should I... What should I do? Now, in the case of a pair of trousers, it's, if you've got the 30 quid, it's fairly straightforward. But sometimes we have to think, well, you know, there's people on the other side of the planet who I could spend all of my fortune to try and bring them up a bit. And then what? Is that what God's calling you to do? Should I enjoy a coffee in a coffee shop when I know that that could pay for a mosquito net in Africa? Should I be watching the rugby today? Don't tell me the score, by the way. Um, should I be watching the rugby, or should I be out on the streets looking for someone who's homeless? So when we have this compassion, when we have this love for other people, all these sorts of questions come about. And now, this would be the point where I would say, this is what you do. You, you spend exactly 10% of your income, no more, no less. You allocate 10% of your waking time, no more, no less. Uh, and, this is, and I can give you a plan, and all of you are shaking your heads thinking, that's not right. <laughs> and it isn't. And the reason it's not right is that if there were a set instruction book on exactly how much time to give, exactly how much money to give, exactly how much um, of yourself you can give, how much of your talents, even your emotional uh, tank, because it's, it can be emotionally demanding. How much should I be giving? Well, there is no plan. And actually, I think that's a good thing. Because if there were a plan, we could say, well, I deserve my 90% or my 80% or whatever it was. I deserve that. A, a leper could come to you and say, I, I could really, you know, I've got a hospital bill to pay. And you could say, well, sorry, I've given my 10% this month. Come back next month. I'll, I'll put you on my list. That's not compassion. That's a system. That's a program. And that's why we have to wrestle with these things. We have to engage with the difficulties of feeling pain for someone else, feeling, I don't know what to do. But we can ask God for wisdom, and we can ask each other, well, what will you do? You know, we're not islands. We're not, I don't have all the answers, but Lucy might have some of the answers. Brenton might have some of the answers. And in fact, when I look around 
I have to say that King's Church does a phenomenal job. You really do. We really do. It's not about what this one person does when they do Sunday lunch or when they make a meal for someone else. As a church, we do so much already, and I want to encourage you and just say, wow. Just well done, King's Church. And we see here that the very next thing that Jesus does is he reaches out his hand and he touches the leper. And just think of that for a minute. The leper probably had not had human contact, physical touch, in years, possibly decades. And that's what Jesus does to him. He says, I am willing. Jesus is willing to touch the leper. He is willing to engage with a tough situation. He is willing to heal this person. He then says, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him. Immediately this man was made whole. Immediately this man's life was transformed. Wow. Jesus heals. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Sorry, you get my Africanness coming out a bit. Um, Jesus heals. And I'm privileged to have, have a wife who has been healed from a terrible disease. And I'm, I, we live with it every day. Lucy's going to be a bit embarrassed, but I was jumping around the kitchen only last week. She's saying, Lucy's healed, Lucy's healed. <laughs> it transforms our lives. And that's what, that's what God does. Now, we could leave it at that. A leper comes to Jesus, and Jesus says, yeah, I'm willing. Great, let's, let's get you healed. Be clean. Great. There's a bit more to this passage. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you do not tell this to anyone. But go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. So as soon as Jesus healed him, he gave him an instruction. I don't know about you, but have you ever helped someone, I don't know, maybe with a bit of money or with um, some food or something, and you've given them an instruction with it? You know, when you cook the food, do it, you know, reheat it this way. Or with the money I'm giving you, go and buy this. And has anyone then turned around and done the opposite? Have you ever had that? No? Yeah? <laughs> You've had it. This man clearly did exactly the opposite to what Jesus said he should do. Now, why did Jesus give him these strange instructions? It's a bit weird to our ears. But under Jewish law, if you had leprosy, you were declared unclean by the priests. You were declared, right, you've got this defiling skin disease and uh, therefore you should be cast out you're not allowed to be back in the villages and for in order for them to come back into society they had to actually present themselves first to the priest to examine them and it was up to the priests to decide right you're going to go yes you are cleansed you're free to come back in or no you're not so Jesus is basically saying, right, this is what the law says, and if the best thing for you is to come back into society, and the best thing for you 
is to go present yourself to the priest. Now, if you read the passage just before uh, verses 40 to 45, we see that Jesus is uh, just started out his ministry in Galilee, and he has um, a news of him healing Peter's mother-in-law and many others and casting demons out and preaching with authority. Um, he was getting surrounded by crowds of people saying, right, heal me, or I want to hear what you have to say. And he was just mobbed, basically. And he then decides to go out to the villages and to minister there as well. So already, there seems to be a bit of a crowd control issue. So partly Jesus was saying this to, um, for the man's sake, right? Follow the law, present yourself to the priest. But also, because it says here in the uh, following verse, that instead, as he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. And as a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. So even before the cross, where he takes our punishment, there already is a bit of a, uh, a swap done. The leper couldn't come in, and now Jesus can't come in either, at least not openly. So, as Jesus tells this man what to do, this man doesn't do it. So, the question then becomes, well, should Jesus have helped this man at all? I mean, it clearly cost him quite a bit. I mean, to not be able to walk into town, buy your groceries, see your friends, he had to keep it hush-hush. So, did he make a mistake? Did he know this could have happened? Well, I think he did know, because if he didn't know, then he probably wouldn't have told them not to go around telling what, what to do. Go show yourself to the priest is an instruction for him. See that you don't tell this to anyone is an instruction, I think, from Jesus' point of view. So it cost him. It cost him. When we see people in need, there can be all sorts of barriers to not helping them. And I think the first barrier that we need to address is just one of love, one of caring. And the fact is that sometimes we, we think, well, we're like Jesus going around doing good, and sometimes we can feel like the leper, the outcast. And there can be really big barriers to helping people. It can be time. You know, some of us have to go to work on Monday morning. I don't have time to go do this. don't have the energy. Some of us maybe don't have a lot of spare cash to help with. And sometimes we have to think, well, I've seen people help people a lot, and they just get run down. They just spend way too much time, way too much effort, way too much of their emotional reserves helping others, and then they're just drained, and they can't do it anymore. And equally, I've seen others who, you know, have said openly to me, I, I couldn't go to uh, a deprived area because it would be too hard for me. I wouldn't know where to start. 
the truth is we, we are called to be both. No, sorry. We're not called to be both, but we are both. We are the leper. We have areas in our lives where we don't want people to come to. We have areas in our lives where we feel we can't bring that to anyone. And that's what I find fascinating about the leper. He had the courage to ask for help. He had the courage to go to Jesus. He had the courage to address his issue, to go out in public. And we might think, well, I haven't got leprosy. The truth is we do. We all do, to some degree. So whether it's addiction, whether it's depression, whether it's marriage issues, it's really important that we don't hide them away. I mean, I, you know, maybe a bit of a theological question. Would Jesus have healed the man if the man hadn't come to him? I would say probably not. The man probably would have stayed a leper had he not come to Jesus. So what areas in our lives do we need to think, I need help with this? And by understanding that we all are lepers in some way, by understanding that we all fall short of the glory of God, it's the first step for us to say, I need help. I need help. I need to go to God. I need to go to the church. I need to go see a professional. And if you are struggling with um, depression, for instance, if you are struggling with um, addiction or marital issues or gambling or anything like that, yes, pray to God, but also go to a professional. There's, that is the first part of getting rid of that issue. I don't know if Jesus would have healed the man had he not come. The fact is, don't wait. Don't wait until your house is in order. Don't wait until someone comes to you. Don't wait to get help and don't wait to offer help. Don't wait until you have a big plan and you know exactly what you're going to do and exactly how you should help and how much you should give. King's Church, don't wait. I've, I'm, so, I'm so encouraged by what King's Church already does. And there are some of us that maybe don't have the capacity to do any more than we currently are doing. And if that's you, well done. I also feel quite strongly that there are a few of you here, I don't know who, where God has been putting something on your heart. And I think you're, you're waiting for something. I don't know what you're waiting for. I don't know if you're waiting for a bit more money or a bit more time or for the kids to... Uh, grow up, or I don't know, but I really do feel strongly that there are some people here where God is saying, get on, start doing this. I don't know if it's going to Whitehaven or Siberia or Africa. I don't know if it's going across the street or across the room to your colleague. I feel that there are some people where God has been speaking to you and you feel you're not ready. Well, guess what? You never will be. <laughs> I'm not ready to speak to someone about Jesus. I'm not. I've been a Christian for ages. I, I know all the theology. I know what Jesus has done for me. And yet my colleague in the same room, I, I really don't know what to say. And the key is not to go running around trying to fix everything because you're not, you're not going to uh, achieve it. 
the key is really to ask God what he's doing for. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God, what is it that you have me, you have for me? Ask God. Because, you know, when I was living in Africa, I could have easily spent one week trying to fix absolutely everything, pour all my money into helping people, and then what? What would happen week two? Well, that's me done. <laughs> I'm worn out and I'm broke and... And for some of you, you know, going to Africa is not the right thing. Probably most of you. And that's fine. But who is it that God is calling you to help? Now, just before Jesus went, uh, met this man with a leper, he, <clears throat> he went to the villages. He went to spread the good news, to heal people. He went to the other villages. So there's an element of uh, go to where God is calling you to, but also who's in front of you? Who's in front of you? I'll let you ask, answer that question. And when we realize that we've got, we all have leprosy to some degree, we all have areas where we are not, where we need help, then we actually get to understand it helps break one of the barriers to helping others because we realize, well, they're like me. They don't have their lives in order. Too often our society puts a, too much of a focus on, you know, people that scavenge from the uh, care system or who are, um, you know, cheating the benefits or who are just sitting on their butts not getting on with, uh, with life. And often the conversation can go around those sorts of things. But we have to realize that for every person that does that, there are probably 5, 10, 20, 100 others who really need help. And I would challenge you. The guy sitting in front of his TV, nice beer, probably knows the score by now, um, not getting on with life, not addressing his money issues, not addressing anything, I'd have to ask you, does that man deserve compassion? That's a tough one, isn't it? There are probably a lot of people that deserve compassion a lot more than said person. And yet, why is this man not going out into the world? Why is this man not taking care of himself or his family? Why is it? Well, he probably has mental health issues that he doesn't know how to deal with. He probably doesn't have anyone cheering him on saying, actually, you can do this. He, he may not have any family that is supportive, any friends that are good for him. Lepers in those days were the lowest of the low. And I would ask us, who are the lepers today? Are we ready to welcome the leper that comes through the door? 